Welcome to this podcast by City Point Church, Redcliffe. We are so happy you could join us and pray that the following message will encourage and empower you. Here we go. So this morning I want to talk uh, in this season about reaping and sowing. You know, before you can reap a harvest, you've always got to sow. I remember as a kid growing up, uh, we grew up in Victoria and um, our grandparents had a farm. And I remember at the age of seven to 10 years of age, always going to the farm. Uh, I don't know whether workplace health and safety existed back then, probably not because I was one of the ones driving the tractors. It was like, you know, grandpa would put us on the tractor, it'd be autopilot, he would climb on the back, and then we'd be going feeding the cows or doing whatever. But I always remember there was a time of sowing and there was a time of harvest. But what I found in the country life and when I would go to the farm in these seasons is that individually you would sow, but corporately the neighbours would get together and come to the farm and then they would harvest. And so there were certain times of year where we would go to the farm and the reason the family would go is for the harvest. The reason why the neighbours would come over to our farm, to the family farm, is because it was harvest time. Everyone would bring their utes, their tractors, they'd, they'd bring the harvesters and they'd be there. They would be harvesting the fields. But the thing that I loved about it is the harvest became a celebration. Yeah. It's because all of a sudden there would be this huge morning tea where there'd be about 20 or 30 people would come in and we would have a celebration. There would be a lunchtime, there would be a celebration. And so what I've realized when it comes time to the harvest, it takes many of us. You know, corporately together, we are called to go out and harvest. We are called to go out and reap the harvest. But then also, too, we are called individually to actually sow. We are called to sow. You know, the Bible talks about there is a time for sowing. And in this, the Bible talks about it in 66 verses, roughly, about reaping and sowing. We've got the parable of the sower. And this is where we're going to anchor this morning on, is the parable of the sower, where Jesus actually talks about sowing. And so if Jesus talks about sowing, you know what that means? That means it should be important to us. But yet in a generation, sometimes we forget to sow. Why? Because we live in an instant world. We just want it instantly. But what I find when it comes to sowing is that sometimes it takes time. You know, that moment where you suggest something. And especially when you've got four kids, you know, you suggest something. And then you suggest something. And then you suggest it again. And then you suggest it. And who knows that sometimes those suggestions go on and on and on. But then one day, all of a sudden, that thing you've been suggesting for like a decade, all of a sudden it's like, whoa, what happened here? You cleaned your room. Well, you've only just been asking me for the last 10 years. You know, those moments, it takes time. A seed takes time. But unfortunately, we live in this instant world where we want it here and now. But we've got to remember it takes time to mature some. Luke 8, verse 4 to 16. If you've got your Bibles or Bible app, you can take it out and look at it. It's the parable of the sower. 
And when Jesus, when a great multitude had gathered and they had come to him from every city, he spoke a parable. This is Jesus. He said, a sower went out and sowed his seed. And as he sowed, some fell by the wayside and it was trampled down and the birds of the air devoured it. Some fell on rock and as soon as it sprung up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. Some fell among thorns and the thorns sprung up and choked it. But others fell on good ground and sprang up and yielded a crop a hundredfold. And when he had said these things, he cried, He who has hears, hears, let him hear. If Jesus cries out, it must be important. He's saying, okay, he who has ears, let him hear right now. Let him hear the parable, but also, too, let him hear the message. You know, in this scenario, in this parable, there are three facets, really. You've got the sower, you've got the seed, and you've got the soil. You know, friend, today, you and I are the sower. You and I are someone that is called to plant. People like you and I are called to plant seeds in individuals around us. We are the sower. We are called to sow the seed. You know, I love the job of the sower. Why? Because all they have to do is sow a seed at that point in time. For each and every one of us, we are called to sow the seed. John 20, 21 to 22, Jesus said, Peace to you as he talks to his disciples. As the Father has sent me, I also sent you. In other words, what he's saying to his disciples, you know, I've been sent, I'm sowing a seed, I've been sent to declare the good news, but now, you know what? It's time for you as my disciples to go and share the good news. And then he said this to them. He breathed on them. And said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. Friend, if you've received the power of the Most High God, the Holy Spirit, our job is to sow. Our job is to declare. Our job is to declare that the kingdom of heaven is here and now to all that hear. And today, friend, salvation is here. Today, the good news is here. Just as it was back then when Jesus stepped on this earth, it is here today. That the kingdom of heaven is here and now. And friend, our responsibility is to share that faith. Our responsibility as the sower is to plant the seed of salvation, plant the seed of the kingdom, plant the seed of Jesus in those around us. That's our job. As Christians, that's our job. Our job is to plant the seed. That's our responsibility. One of the greatest revivalists of the 1700s, Jonathan Edwards, said this. His resolve, he he had a resolve, and his resolve was this, that all men should live to the glory of God. But he also had a second resolve, that whether others do or not, I will. And as Christians, we need to be like that. We need to have a resolve in our life is that, you know what, all that we do is to bring glory to God. And the way that we bring glory to God is the way that we live in order to show Jesus in us to the world around us. We are called to live 
with a result. Ecclesiastes 11 verse 4 says this, a farmer who waits for perfect weather will never plant. And if they watch for every cloud, they will never harvest. Friend, it's not up to us where we sow the seed. It's up to us that we do sow the seed. Because there's a lot of Christians walking around for the perfect opportunity. Friend, that perfect opportunity will never come. You're called to sow anyway. No matter where the soil is, no matter who it is, you're called to sow. We're called to sow no matter wherever we go. We're not called to be discriminatory. We're called to sow. And friend, today, as a church, as individuals, we are called to sow in our personal lives. We are called to take up the responsibility and share the gospel no matter where we're at, who we're with, that they'll see. So the first thing is we've got the sower. The second thing is we've got the seed. The seed. You know, the seed is what is planted. The seed, and Jesus talks about the seed, is the word of God. It's the kingdom of heaven is here. And and for most of us, we've got the seed around us. You know, the seed, it's the word of God. but, But back in the day, do you realize that they had no printing presses? They had no computers. They had no Bible apps. Is it the way the word was transmitted or the word was passed on was through word of mouth? Is it they would sit and most people were illiterate at that time and, and so you would sit and you would teach it to the next generations. Deuteronomy, if you read through the book of Moses, talks about it, is that parents and grandparents are supposed to sit with those around and impart the word to the next generation. That's why church is so important. We're imparting the word of God to the generations to come. We're implanting it in the hearts of men and women to come. And so here we are in this moment. The seed is the word of God. It's Jesus being implanted into those around it. It's the Logos word of God. And the Logos word of God is the spoken word of God. It's the utterance work of word of God. But also, uh, Logos actually means that the word is rewritten or is within us. And so what we're doing is when we're speaking it, we're actually taking what's in us and implanting it into those around us. That's the most powerful thing that we could ever do. Friend, that we would read the word of God that would be so entwined within us that when we sit with those around us, it would be imparted into their spirit, into their heart. And I'm not saying that you sit there and you say, thus saith the Lord, or pick out your favorite scripture verse, turn or burn, no, not that. But actually sitting and actually having a normal conversation that all of a sudden they're like, wow, there's something different by the way they speak, the way they act, my spirit comes alive, we are transferring heaven. The message. It is God's heart for humanity. To the broken, it is the promise of restoration. To the captive, it is the message of freedom. To the sick, it is the message of healing. To the guilty, it is the message of forgiveness. To the unloved, it is the message of love. That is the gospel. We are planting God's message into the hearts of individuals around us. Friend, that's what the church is about. You and I, that's our responsibility. 
That's what planting the seed is. It is a concept of being the messengers, giving the oral message that is within us directly from the King of Kings to those around us. That's what it's about. That's the message we've been called to bring to earth. We've been called to plant the seed. We've been called to plant the seed. And the last thing is the soil. You know, there's different types of soil. Hey, Jesse, it's your turn. Come on. You know, there's different types of soil. Welcome, Jesse. And it depends what you want. But in the scripture, it talks about scattering the seed. So our job is to scatter the seed. How do you scatter seed? Do you notice when you scatter seed, you actually don't care where it goes? Like, I read the Bible. Hey, Charlie, come on, you can have a go too. Quick, come on. Come on, mate. You know you want to. There we go. There we go. But who knows? It's okay, they'll vacuum it later. Thanks, Jesse. Chuck all of it. You can go grab a seat. Thanks, mate. You know, when you scatter seed, it's not like you're placing seed. And when you read through the Bible, it says scatter. It says don't delicately place it. But the seed right now, there are three things here. But in Proverbs 4, verse 23, it says, Keep your heart with due diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. The soil is the hearts of individuals that the Word of God is given to. The soil. It's a person's perspective. Uh, uh, it's a person's reception of God's word that determines the condition of their heart. You know, the soil condition actually affects growth. And so as you're scattering it, you're not really realizing or you're just scattering it and it's just going everywhere. And this is what the Bible says. He says, scatter the seed. And as you start to read, there are three or four types of soil that it lands on. As you read through that parable, Jesus talks about the first one is that the seed falls by the wayside. You know, the wayside was the beaten path around the field. It was where people would walk. And as you're walking, you know what happens? The ground actually gets harder. And sometimes with our heart and with life, you know, you meet people that have a hardened heart. And the reason why their heart is hardened, because at one stage it was soft. But all of a sudden what happens is people start walking on those good intentions. They start abusing those ones that have a heart that is soft. And all of a sudden their heart becomes hard. And so here we have it where we're throwing the seed by the wayside. The ground has been hardened and trampled on by the feet of people that have walked over these hearts. And over time they become hardened and impenetrable. And so where we are right now, as you throw it, 
the actual seed actually never takes root. And what happens is the birds come and they pick up the seed. It's just like this. Is it the word of God is thrown, the seed is thrown, and the seed lands on the heart, but never takes to heart because Satan or the devil comes and snatches it away before it can take root. That's the first sort. The second one is the seed that is sown on the rocky soil. And the rocky soil is hard. It is similar to the wayside. But instead, this seed isn't just being snatched away. It has no chance. It has no place to dig its roots deep into the hearts of this person because this person has been actually wounded and damaged with areas that are hard and inflexible to change needed to be good soil. But Jesus, does he say, hey, don't throw the seed, don't scatter the seed on rock? No, he says, keep scattering. You know, there'll be some people that you see and you're like, you know what, there's no way that God could reach them. There's no way that God could do anything with that life. But God says, hey, keep scattering. Keep sowing. Keep sowing. Keep sowing. Why? Because God always has a heart for them. Why? Because God will always choose you over and over and over and over and over again. God will always keep extending the invitation of salvation to all humanity over and over and over and over again, no matter what. We're in the natural as individuals. We would give up, but God's saying, don't give up, just keep throwing the seed. And what I mean by throwing the seed, keep loving them. Keep accepting them for who they are. Keep speaking life over them. Keep showing them goodwill. He's not saying, hey, go and bash them with your Bible. He's saying, love upon them. Show them the love of Christ. Show them Christ within you. And in that moment, you know, this type of person, at the first sign of persecution or trouble, this person will fall away from their faith. Why? Because they have no ability to stand up against the crowd. The third one is the seed that is choked out of fruitfulness by the thorns. This heart is one that is good enough to shape. It is, it's good enough to produce a living plant that survives. But unfortunately, because where it's located, unfortunately, because of the things around its heart, the call gets choked up. Life circumstances, opinions, the desires of this world start to choke the call that is around their life. Their priorities that once were maybe they were on fire, or maybe they were served, but the priorities have shifted. Instead of God first, Maybe they've put career first. 
Or maybe they've put recreation first. But, but the God, is, but this, this one right here is the God saying, come on, there is more for your life. But the enticements of the world get around their heart. And they start to place other things above the desires of God and what they have for their life. And since their priorities are out of alignment, this seed never gets to the point of actually producing a harvest. They're actually good people, but they never produce the harvest. So Jesus is talking about these different soils. In other words, he's talking about the heart of humanity. He's talking about our heart, individual hearts. But then you've got the seed in the good soil. And this seed sprouts, it grows and produces more seed. It actually produces a harvest. And in Scripture, what does it say? You'll know them by their fruit. You'll know them by their harvest. And this is what I love, is that when you start to plant something in good soil, all of a sudden you start to produce. You start to see. It gets watered, there's sunlight. And it grows. But then the thing that I love about a harvest is that you can partake of a harvest and you can eat it. Who loves a good chive in the morning? Should have got the garlic. And then I could lay hands and pray all over you, breathing the life of the Spirit. But it produces a harvest. This soil, the soil that the heart is right and starts to produce is that they hear the Word of God. They accept God's message. And that message grows and brings it them to transformation. Brings them to transformation. In that moment, you see the broken restored, the captive set free, the sick healed, the guilty forgiven. And finally, they take the message they take the message and give it away to others. They take the message and give it away to others. It reproduces and it affects those around them. They start sharing the message of God. They start sharing the message of love, redemption, salvation. Friend, for some of us, we need to get back to this soil. We need to get back to this place, this first love, this moment where we encounter God for the first time. For some of us in this room, you know, we, maybe our hearts have hardened. Maybe we had good intentions. Maybe those things, but, but life has got around us. Our eyes have slowly come down. And our focus has come off God. But, but friend, today, He still calls us. He still calls us. If we want to see a harvest for the kingdom, of God, then we need to sow. We need to sow. And what I love about this is that when you start to sow, when you start to throw out the seed, when you start to let that get planted into good soil, it brings transformation to the sower. Why? Because we see transformation in those around us. But then also, too, the Spirit of God transforms us. 
And as that soil is being transformed, this is what I love, is that they start the principle or the parable of the sower over and over again. Because as the harvest comes in, that one that is harvest becomes the sower. Friend, together we harvest, but individually we sow. We sow into individual lives. It takes a family to bring foundations and discipleship, but to sow the word of God, to sow the love of Christ, it takes us as individuals taking responsibility to share God's love. Galatians 6, verse 9, it says, Let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Friend, you might have a family member here. You might have a family member that you're praying and you're believing for. You might have a friend. And you've been sowing and sowing and sowing, maybe for years. Maybe forever, and you've been praying, God, when am I going to see the harvest? Or when am I going to reap the harvest? Friend, you may never reap the harvest. And someone may, you may never know may come and sit with them and pray and lead them. But you've sown the seed. But it just took someone else to come and share the harvest. But then in that turn, I would say, even though you're praying and you're believing for those around you, don't miss the ones that come by your side that are someone else's family member that you could sit with and you could pray with and that you could see the harvest. You could see God move. As a church, we are always called to sow and to keep on sowing. And we're always called to harvest and to keep on harvesting. Called to plant for future generations that will come to Christ. That's why I love faith, love, hope. That's why even when it comes to tithes and offerings and when, you, when we give, whether we give you know, on a concierge desk or online, it's not a moment of finances or resource. It's a, it's a moment of faith going out. Why? Because future generations are going to benefit. People that we may never meet will benefit. So friend, as you sow this week, sow with faith in your heart with that principle, God, you know what? It's not just about me, but it's about the future generations. It's about generations reaping finding eternity. Why? Because we're called to unmistakably influence our world for good and for God. And there was your tithes message, so just do whatever this week. Sow and reap. Sow Jesus, reap souls. Proverbs 11.30 says this, The fruit of the righteous person is a tree of life, and one who harvests souls is wise. In the Amplified, it says this. It says, the fruit of the consistently righteous. What is that? Consistently righteous is the tree of life. And he who is wise captures and wins souls. For God, he gathers them for eternity. He gathers them for eternity. And this morning, we're going to pray for a moment. The first prayer is this. How's the condition of your heart? How's the soil of your life? Honestly. If you were to read through that scripture, the parable of the sower, and looking at those 
types of soil. Where would you locate yourself this morning? I'd ask you just to close your eyes and bow your head. Where would you locate yourself this morning? Is the soil of your heart hardened? Is it like the wayside? Where the word of God, yeah, it falls and it starts to grow. But then all of a sudden, something comes and takes it away. Like it snatches. And you know it's truth. You know what's right. You know what God's asking you to do. But as it drops, it just snatches away. Or or maybe through the circumstances of life, your heart is hardened like rock. And you're almost anti-God. You've heard it all before. You've been there. You've done that. But it's like rock. Friend, how's it working out for you? How's life working out for you? Because, friend, he chooses you over and over and over again. And you know why I know that? Because you're sitting here this morning. Because it's not by happenstance, it's by divine appointment. And he's saying, you know what? I choose you every time, no matter how hard you get. My word is for you. My salvation is for you. No matter how hard you get, no matter how stubborn you get, you're going to hear an invitation over and over and over again until the end of your life. Why? Because I care so much for you and you know the truth. Friend, today, if your heart is like that, he's saying, will you just soften that once? For others of us, church is almost convenient. We come in and it's a great place to have community. It's a great place to have family. But you could honestly say that you're not producing fruit. You're not living to the full potential that God's called you to live. Is that, yeah, you've got a good life. You've got good friends, but... There's no harvest. You maybe haven't led anyone to Christ. You maybe haven't shared your gospel. But he's saying, will you live again? Will you live again? And this morning, I want to pray for those three types of people. And it's going to take boldness. Boldness to actually... Admit some of these things. Because let's face it, we've all got Christian pride. You know that pride that goes, yeah, that's me, but someone else can do this. Yeah, that's me. But why would I? Yeah, that's, you know what? That's for Carolina. She can stand. She needed to hear that. Or trying to pick someone that wouldn't get offended. sleeping downstairs tonight (laughs) but you know those things so this morning I want to pray for you and 
And then after that, I want to pray that it will turn to good soil. And that I'd pray that as our hearts turn to good soil, that we would produce fruit. And in producing fruit, you know what would happen? Is that lives would be changed and futures would be altered. Thank you for listening. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, congratulations. This is the beginning of a life-changing journey. We encourage you to tell someone about your decision and pray and read the Bible every day. We also recommend attending a church in your local area. We have many City Point Church services across Brisbane and the world this Sunday. You can find out more about our service times and locations at citypointchurch.com. We are so excited to see you there.